welcome to the Digital Dudes podcast. I'm still thinking like it is the Digital Dudes and it is a podcast. So that's right. That sounds so funny. out of practice. We're, we're out of. <laughs> I know. Feels off. Out of practice here. Uh, well, I'm definitely David, and I'm I think definitely Reed. Yeah, there you go. It's us again. No, sorry, I did that. I think I'm definitely Reed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, shoot, Reed. I don't know if it was this episode, but we had recorded four episodes or so and hadn't done intros mm. but on one of these upcoming four you learn how to use the the drops so. yeah i wouldn't even bet on which one yeah no clue but yeah i i am dangerous now yeah uh got a few of them down you still don't have them all labeled and i think no. that was intentional but um <laughs> at least there's no like flatulent noise on these drops or something like that we're not going like <laughs> we could change morning that. dj on the on yeah. people yeah uh not our audience I don't think. Yeah. So at least people should expect more drops to come in from Reed. Uh, yeah, and we be will prepared. get more, we will get more labeled here so that <laughs> you don't only hear the cheering from him. I think he likes the cheering one quite a bit. So I'm a positive guy. What can yeah, I say? There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Spotify episode. Uh, shoot. You messed this up this morning. Who was on this episode? Grace was on this episode. No, it wasn't this one. You messed up. It was a different one. Grace. And who else did we have? Was it Kara? Yeah. Grace and Kara. They did great. They really know their thing. They really know their Spotify. Yeah, no, it, it's a obviously emerging kind of platform, especially in multifamily. I think people's eyes have been kind of awakened um, or ears, I should have said, uh, to the opportunities that Spotify brings. Um, you know, you get that kind of radio um, outcome, I guess not outcome, but opportunity creative um, for a fraction of the cost. So a lot more targeting capabilities. Um, a lot more reporting than what you'd see like in a terrestrial radio campaign. And now more than ever, whether it's audio or video, I think production's becoming more manageable. Um, and so it's no longer kind of the big hurdle, I guess, to get into some of these platforms. So I think all those things kind of combined are, are uh, what's got it trending a little bit, at least within our enterprise. Yes. And um, see, that's like improv. Yes. And mm -hmm. don't say no. Yeah. Anyways. Um, uh, it's also heavily underutilized by marketers at large. So it's kind of like, I don't know, Facebook 15 years ago where you can get it very affordably. You can get some great reach and actually have uh, surprising, a surprising impact on even website visits and conversions, which surprised me. Um, talk about infinite game though. It does feel like Spotify is playing an infinite game. Like the, I don't know if I was in their position, if I would have been like, let's do the 10 year journey to build out an ad network. Um, man, that's a lot. That's just a, a big bet. It's a big bet, but it, I feel like it was somewhat predictable. Um, you know, these big, con you know, whatever conglomerates, big platforms, eventually that's where they all go, right? Um, it's like, well, how are you monetizing your mm -hmm. audience? And eventually the ad platform is born and then, you know, it usually starts off pretty clunky and then it gets better and better. So I don't know where we're at, as you mentioned, decade, but it, it just seems even the last couple of years and they pointed to some of the differences um, in the podcast, but that it's already, um, you know, I guess improved quite a bit as far as targeting capability and, um, you know, reporting all that jazz. Yeah. So, well, I'm just thinking like, I remember it, even back when we were at the post, uh, Google had started to roll out their own um, tapping into programmatic audio yep. and you had talked about it back then. And it was like, okay, well, if all these other networks like Google are already doing it, you could have easily seen Spotify at the executive level say like, let's just bolt that on mm -hmm. versus like, let's go ahead and build out our own and not tap into that. True. And so they let the iHeart radios kind of like tap into that. And even uh, to an extent Pandora, and they just decided to keep it more Apple like, 
like we're going to keep it our own ecosystem and yeah, build it out. Yeah. And that's been, as we're saying, like, I think we started doing Spotify a year and a half ago, which is pretty early on in its life. So that it's just the long game, similar to how Amazon with its own ad network has taken a long time. And even Apple now with mm-hmm. Adam's tinfoil conspiracy theory about it. <laughs> so it just is really interesting that all these players, as you're saying, like it was all coming together. Now it's, or yeah, then it was all like programmatic and now it's all kind of coming back together again. All right. Well, uh, if you're interested in knowing about Spotify advertising, then listen up from Kara and Grace. Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. I'm Reed. And we are here with Kara Lee a paid uh, media strategist. All right. And? <laughs> and I'm Grace Harrison, account manager here at Digital. All right. You've been on before, right, Grace? I've been on. I've been on to talk about my goats. So this is a bit of a different <laughs> subject. <laughs> oh, this is like in the early days. With yeah. Your, oh. Yeah, I can't promise this one will be as exciting. You weren't on just for the goats. Yeah, I was on just for the ghosts. Oh my my one and only appearance. Okay. So okay. This is really I thought you'd been on more recently, but Kara, it's your first. Yeah, attendance. first time. Yeah. All right. Super who's, excited. Who's more nervous? Absolutely me. <laughs> it's not a, even a question. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, you know, not my forte, but mm-hmm. it's okay. Well, now that we know a fun fact about Grace, do you have a fun fact to share before we get into Spotify? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. I'm Canadian. Not a lot of what? people know that. What? Yeah. I have citizenship because my dad's Canadian. If one parent's wow. a citizen, then their kids can't be too. So, nice. you know, that's kind of fun. That is Very fun. Canadian. What, what province? Um, well, he's from Ontario, um, okay. but family like everywhere. So, oh, yeah. fascinating. What, do you I haven't ever heard you say a. I haven't. No, okay. it's not I in like my. I can see it for you now. Though. Not in like my. If vocab. you said it, it would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> you can wrap it into a few of our exchanges today. I uh, do you know um, what's the beer? Uh, Strange Brew. Have mm-hmm. you seen that movie? No, Strange oh. Brew. Carrot, you are no longer Canadian. Oh, well, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the reason you haven't seen it is because it's you know in the eighties or something. You weren't okay. even born yet, but. Um, yeah, you need to check it out. It's with uh, Rick Moranis and I forget the other guy, but uh, they're Canadians and they lay the A part like super on really heavy. thick. Yeah, it's hilarious, but it's all about their path to like become entrepreneurs with like beer making. I bet my dad's seen it. <laughs> I bet he, he has. Is yeah, a fan of beer. Yeah. and very Canadian. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you ask. I will. Cool. Well, uh, today we're here to talk about Spotify. So, who wants to give us the overview of what Spotify is? Kara, you can take it away. Okay. Yeah. Um, so essentially here at Digital, we run Spotify ads for our clients um, through the Spotify ad studio. Um, what's really great about Spotify is the fact that um, it's really affordable for any um, client of any size. Um, and also the fact that we have um, really cool like voice actors and different like mixing audios um, that just make it like really professional. And um, I think that uh, clients really get excited to hear their ad and like hear it in that almost like Spotify professional voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of a little bit of an overview, but yeah. we can definitely dive more into it. Yeah. It definitely feels gourmet compared to a lot of our services. Just mm-hmm. with the voice actor piece, you can actually 
write a script. It's usually about 30 seconds long. And then you send it in to Spotify and they'll record it for you. Um, so it's a really unique type of service that we run. I think it's very different from a lot of our other platforms, um, but it makes it really special. And where do those ads then appear? Where may they appear if I'm on Spotify? Because now it's podcasts and music mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, there's definitely, it's growing in the different types of ads types that they have. Um, so we typically run audio ads, which um, are like 30 second spots that um, appear when you're listening to like a song in between songs or in between a podcast break. Um, and then we have um, our podcast ads, obviously. And then we also have video ads, which... I don't think we've tested yet. So yeah, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. The audio ones are the most popular and those only serve to free listeners. So right now you can mm -hmm. either pay for Spotify to get rid of the ads or you listen to the ads for free. Um, so they'll serve in between music. Cool thing about podcast ads is it serves to all users. So even if you pay for Spotify, you'll still hear the ads. So a lot of opportunity. And those are them. more like 15 second typically, or are they, do you have the same flexibility as far as the time? duration yeah. on podcasts that you do on standard radio um they say 15 to 30 seconds same as audio but i think uh, we were just talking about this if we were to have like a contract with a specific um podcast which would be you know so much more expensive but well, maybe visible, visual, dude. yeah maybe you can <laughs> maybe we in. could <laughs> yeah do a family deal or something um but yeah it's um I totally forgot where I was going with that. It's you can be up to sixty seconds long. Yes. Okay. So yeah. it's interesting That's once exactly you get into yeah, once you get into the host voiced ads. So the host mm. of the podcast is actually reading it rather than a voice actor, which is what we do now. Um, you can go longer, and you can also we think you can choose where you serve your ads. So the beginning of it, in the middle, at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of flexibility and options. It definitely would be a lot more expensive to test that venue, but um, yeah, podcast is super cool. So you said cool about podcasts that mm -hmm. it serves to everybody i think that's actually the worst part of it if i pay for premium spotify i feel like i shouldn't get hit with these damn ads yeah. and what makes it even worse you she guys, was saying cool for the client well, i'm just going <laughs> off my soapbox here for a second i think it should be totally gone but uh also yeah. my one gripe with spotify is um i don't know if you guys know this but when you go up into the mountains Spotify doesn't like mark on the episode when it's coming in. Like you can't see it as a user. And if you lose signal in the middle, like when the programmatic ad comes on, it's restarts your episode at the beginning. Really? And you don't know, like, was I 25 minutes into this episode or was I an hour into this episode? And then, so uh, like Nicole be driving and this will be on yeah. the way into work and I'll put on whatever, like the skim or something. And when there's a programmatic insert, we lose signal, of course, because we're in the mountains and it starts over. And then I quickly try to like, okay, I think we were like, a third of the way in so we'll go there and it'll restart the programmatic ad and we lose signal again and it restarts over at the beginning so i can never seem to yeah. get past the the programmatic ad that's Anyways, a you problem that's my i don't know that's a spotify problem <laughs> coming from the guys <laughs> listens to a thousand hours a year in podcasts I know. I know well anyway so that's um uh i think what most people would have is an objection now would mm -hmm. be like well uh, how is my audience do i know my audience is there because doesn't everybody pay for spotify so do you guys have any data on how many people are doing free these days Yes, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. Um, so it is. You passed the first test, Gary. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I literally just sent it to Grace. I'm going to pull that up. 
Well, while you're pulling it up, I don't know if you also have a comparison to Pandora and uh, iHeart, but we got pitched Pandora a few years Mm -hmm. ago. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that they were trying to stress is like how many they had paid versus unpaid. I don't remember all that. And I'm not even sure how much it matters because, yes, you might be thinking you're talking to a different demographic, but you'd be surprised how many people with money still don't like to pay for, for, you Mm -hmm. know, um, or won't pay. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I'll let you go from there, but I'd yeah. uh, be yeah, curious if you guys have any color on the other options out there. Um, so it is 182 million subscribers and 365 million active users. So mm. like pretty much 50-50 mm-hmm. um, subscribers and free users. So how many people live in America right now? I don't know. Because when you Why add so- that math... <laughs> You're, Do you have that written down? Uh, I, I didn't look it up. I, I want to know how many is... Inter- He's also going to ask you about Canada next. So you better <laughs> well, how many are international? Because, you know, last time I checked, America's around three, 350-ish, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, yeah, the combination you just described is like five, 500 plus million. Yeah. So it makes you curious, at least me. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of their, uh, they started internationally. Uh, they were a European company and then they might, came into the U.S. I think like three years after they founded. So U.S. was like one of their growing markets. It wasn't like their, I don't you know, know if it was like, flagship. like Alibaba or something where it's mm-hmm. like there's some other like music platform. You mm-hmm. know, there has to be like in Asia, for example, right, but right. how far does Spotify actually yeah. broken into? Right. You know, these other markets. And all our customers will care about is the U.S. anyways. But uh, those numbers actually line up. The last time I had looked into Spotify, it was like a, it was like 45 or 50 percent were paid and mm-hmm. the vice versa is almost half and half. And I was surprised because I had pulled up demographic demographic information as well and from income purposes just to see like, OK, is it is it the college kids, you know, yada, yada. And it was basically no. Surprisingly, it was kind of still a good mix. So I think it's to Reed's point. Um, basically, some people will pay, some people won't. There's still plenty of no matter who you are as, a, as an apartment building, you can get some of the college kids that don't pay and will listen to the ads and you can get some of the really, you know, affluent. Can folks. I give you a little bit of my theory on that? Sure. So <clears throat> us older folk, you know, I'm old timers, gray hair, even really looking at you. Yeah. You still don't have a gray hair um, <laughs> and you still have all your hair, but uh, are accustomed to advertising. So we're more tolerant of it. Whereas the, the next generation, like, I feel like is growing up in more of a, at least optional environment, if not ad free, where it's like, I can get all sorts of content, whether it's video, whether it's audio, whether it's, you know, blogs, um, news without, um, a paying for it, but B also like having to deal with, you know, the nuisance of advertising and that, I don't know. I mean, I want to, I am curious to hear what you guys have to say about that, but like, uh, I'll go extreme, but my mom is so accustomed to it. I could see her saying, I don't care. You know, my whole like media consumption up to this point, maybe now I'm really speculating, but more likely with women than, than men because of the grumpy old man factor where, and that would be you, Dave, where it's like, I'm tired of these damn ads, you know? Yeah. And you just, it's uh, true. I pay for YouTube. Yeah. You're already (laughs) headed down that path before you're officially a dad. But yeah, do you guys, what do you think about that as far as what you're accustomed to, what you would pay for versus not pay for? How much of it, you know, at 15 bucks a month is, is the the cost? Yeah. I think it's just changing the way that our generation and feel free to hop in. Um, but the way that our generation is 
experiencing ads, I think is changing. I think we're seeing a lot of trends towards ads becoming a lot more native, almost like you don't recognize it's an ad. So thinking of something like TikTok, mm-hmm. half the time I'm scrolling and I don't know I'm looking at an ad until it makes you know, me upset, five though. seconds in. And I I'm get like, upset when I'm like, <laughs> I've been watching an ad this whole time. I know. It's like very disappointing. Yeah. Brings your confidence down. Um, <laughs> But I think that's kind of the trend. I think what we've seen lately on something like Facebook or Instagram is video content, which is becoming huge, is actually performing better the more native it looks. So if it looks like you took it with your iPhone, it actually performs better than something that's professionally created. So I kind of think we're shifting in that direction more Mm -hmm. so and finding ways to involve it in what we are taking in because we're taking in so much content through social feeds and everything compared to your generation. Um, So I think something like Spotify, there's a lot of opportunity to do that. Like you think about podcast ads and it's read by the host who you already are loyal to. You like them. If it's a comedy podcast, maybe they're Mm -hmm. making jokes about Audible and the type of things you get from it. Well, a lot of times when I'm listening to a podcast, I like, you know, it just sounds like they've continued on the conversation and then they're saying something funny. And then I was, and they're like, this is also an amazing brand. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like they've been talking about, uh, I was like, this is not part of the conversation at all. So that kind of ties into the native aspect of that. Totally. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting how we're kind of tapping into the psychology of our generation more so. Mm -hmm. And that like, Hey, maybe we have less patience for what we traditionally have known as an advertisement, but maybe it's just changing the way that we see it. It's, it is interesting though, because I have the Kara reaction where, uh, all the like, uh, the subdued ads that are more the influencer style ad, I really have an issue with because it's not, it feels like it's being a little dishonest for the most part. Like the podcasts that do a live read, I'm okay with it. If the host is clear about the live read, uh, like, hey, now I'm going to do a live mm-hmm. read. Uh, otherwise, if um, I really want them to have a, like almost like music playing behind their live read or whatever part of the yeah. ad. So I know yeah. that it's truly an ad and not part of the conversation. And I think like, um, guy Roz does that well with like how i built this he always comes on with some music or something even though he's reading it that um that will help set it apart from the actual episode uh so i don't know i just uh, the whole influencer thing really gets back to grumpy old man really gets me going because i yeah i really <laughs> well for me it's more about relevance not like did they dupe me or not that's what gets me irked mm-hmm. is in this day and age with all the sophistication around ad tech you know, why am I still seeing an ad for female hygiene? Forgive the, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't understand that. Um, and so if it's something that's relevant to me, then I'm okay if it's more wrapped into the programming and maybe not as upfront about, you know, this is a paid advertisement type qualifier, which I'm not saying you're, you're looking for, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's my biggest beef with advertising today is, is seeing commercials here, you know, watching a video on YouTube where it's like, that clearly was not meant for me. Mm-hmm. You just wasted that impression <laughs> yourself and, you know, wasted my time. So that's my, my biggest thing right now, I guess, with digital advertising. So do you um, select like a, allow tracking, allow them to get all your More often than not. Yeah. And this dates back, David's heard this a few times, but when cookies were kind of blowing up, Uh, There's a great article from the Washington Post about um, the House of Mirrors. It's like, do you want that or not? Mm -hmm. Um, So the the dangers of not having, you know, the tracking is is just what I described. You get really dumb ads. Mm -hmm. It's like this this is clearly not customized to me. The downside is you give up your data and you potentially are in a House of Mirrors, like or an echo chamber, where it's like it's the content, the ads, everything's really a reflection of what they marked me as. You know, so. 
you're this political affiliation, you have these interests and it just snowballs and it, you know, to the point where you're no longer really ever in a discovery kind of setting uh, within digital information. And I think that's definitely dangerous. So more often than not, I accept them just again, because I, it's for content too. I, I don't want to be served ads about MAGA. Uh, I was making fun of my red hat a few weeks ago. Oh no. Um, so it's, I, it's just a trade-offs and we in, in our company in this industry understand them way better than most. So, you know, when I try to talk to my parents or my mom about this, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a struggle. I'll just yeah. Say. I actually had, I'll keep this pretty, uh, safe but this weekend i yelled at nicole like convening about the, how programmatic advertising went wrong on me so like i i started uh, i was watching uh do you guys know who magnus carlson is Mm -mm. you really are going to be grumpy man yeah in fact you're yelling at your pregnant <laughs> wife about anything <laughs> let me tell you nicole who just it. yeah well, let's just got story. COVID. exactly so, grace I'm, I'm watching a, a it's a chess documentary he's like the he's been chess world uh -oh. champion for 10 years but anyways uh it was on uh pluto which has programmatic ads and within i got two ads back to back one was for a men's head shaver so like an electric head shaver so to your point reed i haven't lost all my hair mm -hmm. and then the very next ad was from venus shaving about me keeping my bikini line and and, and oh, wow. track and i was like this is where we need the drop i don't know where how this programmatic advertising we, tagged me wrong but why i got yeah. the the male bald and then it, it sent me the female one i, I was like nicole and i was embarrassed because uh, she was trying to go to sleep so i'm quarantining in the living room and uh it was, it was probably 11.30 at night or something, and she goes to bed at like 9.30. And I was like, I'm sorry, Nicole, did you um, did you happen to hear that ad that just came on? She's like, were you listening to an ad about – I was like, yes, that's exactly what that ad was. I just <laughs> – sorry, I woke you up, and they miscategorized me. Maybe that's what they do when they're unsure. Just yeah. give you both. They just said, uh, you know, equal opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And then optimize, right, or yeah. the platform's supposed to. Yeah. Well, getting back to Spotify, um, when do you guys think it makes the most sense? So uh, for – property type or, you know, lease up versus stabilize that kind of stuff. Um, where have you guys found it to be the, the best fit? It's a great opportunity for a property that is brand new. Um, for brand awareness, we've seen on like the back end in GA, the traffic increase like significantly from when we had it versus when we didn't. Um, so really any, <laughs> any property looking for a little boost there. Um, and then we've also talked about, Grace, I think you could probably go into this a little bit more, but when a property doesn't have amazing creative yeah. um, or pictures um, and they're just like, they don't really want to show off those. Um, I think it's a great like opportunity just for a an audio versus a visual. Yeah, that's kind um, of a fun one yeah. for sure because you don't traditionally think about it mm -hmm. being for I don't want to say an ugly property, but a not yeah. so cute property. <laughs> not so cute. Um, but yeah, it's just like totally different from a lot of the other creative services we offer. So it just hits at a different appeal. I think it works really well when you can tell a story. It kind of reminds me of Native in that way. Um, you have 30 seconds of someone's attention span and most of the users that we serve to right now listen to it. 95% of the way through. So you really do have their attention. So you can talk about a lot of stuff and you can tell a story and you can really highlight certain features. So I like to think of it for any property that has some spice that mm -hmm. you want to advertise. So anything like a new lease up, if you have properties going through renovations, that's a great time to be able to call it out. Um, and then also anything, you know, 
ultra luxury, it's a great opportunity to be able to highlight that and use those luxury buzzwords that's going to capture the right audience. And then recruitment campaigns, that's been a really interesting test. We've run quite a few Spotify campaigns for um, PMCs trying mm -hmm. to get some new hires. So it's, it's a really cool strategy. We're still testing kind of what works best. But I think if you have a story to tell, if you have something specific you really want to promote, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and I think, um, I feel, forget when we last talked about Spotify Read, but you had talked a lot about with radio. And at the time, you're like, obviously, it doesn't make sense for an apartment to run radio ads because it's just hitting an entire market. Whereas here, you guys can get more specific, at least for location targeting than before, and even uh, some other things. But it all leads down to, as you were saying, it's more affordable than a regular radio advertisement. It's more specific on the targeting. But then do we have, do we know it's effective? Yes. So Spotify ha actually has a whole bunch of articles. Um, you know, it, you got to take it with a grain of salt because it is like a study sponsored by Spotify saying that Spotify is the best form <laughs> of digital audio. Um, but um, I wrote down a few things because I knew you're going to bring up radio. Um, it's um, Spotify listeners um, are overall more engaged um, and just like, what happens, Grace, tell me yeah. if I'm wrong here, but like what happens in the brain is um, it's just like it leads to like higher memorability, like more engagement and just like a, a more of a like an emotional connection to what you're hearing versus when you're um, just like scrolling through Facebook and you see an ad and you just kind of. Yeah, know, the audio component, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe because you know, I had some background in radio, but one of the first things that they, they teach the sellers there is that, you know, what's the very first thing that you learn? Um, or one of the first things you learn as a kid and it's your ABCs. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and how is that learned? It's done through audio, not just showing you the alphabet and seeing if you can do it. Um, and then they use that as leverage just to talk about just what you described, which is the power of audio and how quick it can enter somebody's mind. And that's where the jingles and things like that, you know, become so important as you associate different brands with, you know, um, you know, those sounds and stuff. So just, yeah. I mean, not to put like radio down. Like I remember every like jingle, you know, from like, if you're from Colorado, you know, like where the tree farm is, <laughs> <laughs> like I know exactly. Shane companies, like, I know where to go. I know their hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the, the cool thing of Spotify versus radio particularly is radio is more of a passive experience. So you're kind of at the mercy of someone else's decisions and you're not choosing the songs that come on and what you want to listen to and the mood you're in. Whereas Spotify, you're curating exactly what you want to listen to. So you have a lot more engagement in the audio that you're hearing. It's usually a lot more connected to you. Um, so there's a lot more passing over of your engagement and the attention you're paying to the music and the ads that you're hearing because you're already buying in more than you would to something like radio when someone else is choosing for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little more vested. Um, I add to that though and say format is still really important meaning. Uh, and again, radio, it's like, if you have a talk show, you might have a much smaller audience than, uh, you know, a, a top two, 200 hits, like, you know, just a library like this, this Jack FM is a format that just burst onto the scene. It's like, oh, they just play all the most popular music. But what they found is that it was actually pretty passive listening. It was like, that's just a background soundtrack to my day. But when you play 
you know, or if you listen to a talk show, it's like, well, I'm super vested in what you're talking about. Therefore, they're able to to move product a lot more effectively than what you typically see. Or if you have a morning show and it's like, well, I'm I'm super dialed into hearing again how how their what their perspective is on different things that are happening in and around the world um, or our community. So that leads me to targeting if David wasn't going to expand on this, but um, what is, what are the tar- targeting capabilities now? Uh, Cause when they first unveiled their platform, it was pretty minimal. I don't know if you guys know the history there, but it was, it was really light um, versus you mentioned the podcast that, that you can now get on, or can you go by a specific genres? Mm-hmm. What level of geographic targeting? Is there any call it behavioral or psychographic targeting? So yeah, why don't you guys enlighten us on where Spotify's platform sits today? Yeah, I'll go into that. So um, like you said, there's the general targeting. So like age, gender, location. Um, there's also like unique targeting. So like genre, like you said, like country music or pop or whatever. Um, interest and then also real-time context. So um, interest-based targeting is like, okay, so uh, what are they listening to? What kind of playlists are they favoriting like what kind of playlists are they making what podcasts are they listening to you can just really tell a lot about someone like from what they listen to um and then the real-time context so this is like any playlist like a running playlist studying playlist it's just kind of taken like behavior from that um and anything that you do on the spotify app um but yeah so um in terms of like location-based targeting um we can get kind of more granular than we used to with a DMA targeting. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much how granular it goes for right now. So it's still limited to the DMA. Yes. Okay. Um, it just, yeah, we're just still getting there. And that one's interesting when you think about 325 million, like, um, mm-hmm. listeners mm-hmm. that they're not offering a more hyper, you know, geo like solution. Yeah. I think they're definitely getting there. Um, both Grace and I are a part of the Spotify soundboard. Mm. Um, Greta Elite. 1T invited us. You have to be invited. Um, you guys but talking to Jill Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool because we can like, um, basically they give us like a survey or like a poll, like, what do you think about this feature? Or would you like this? What are you missing? And then we can like, kind of almost like talk to their product team mm-hmm. behind the scenes. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think there's a ton of opportunity for testing when it comes to Spotify, which I love because I'm a nerd about testing. Um, but I think in the targeting arena, too, there's a lot of opportunity. We've tried some genre targeting for mm-hmm. a few properties that were in Nashville. Um, so we thought that maybe targeting country music listeners could hit on more quality audience and also kind of address the geographic piece in terms of getting someone who might be more local to Nashville didn't work for us. <laughs> it was not great performance. Traffic um, went down, not up. Yep. Mm, yep. So engagement was down. So we could still serve the same amount of impressions. Our audience wasn't limited at all, but um, we didn't see more clicks, not as many website sessions. Did so, you adjust the creative? Yep. We adjusted the creative a bit, um, but not too much. We were mainly just doing the targeting. Um, we made sure that our script called out the location specifically, that it was mm-hmm. Nashville, properties um but yeah it's interesting i think there's some cool opportunities when we think about things like the holidays and how we could target around those times and get a little more specific with the interest-based targeting so i think it's definitely still pretty broad but opportunities to dive in Mm -hmm. yeah creative is one of the best parts of i'll say audio in general but again 
in radio, they called it theater of the mind. It's like, you know, that's essentially what, what you're doing is you're trying to create some type of theater for somebody, you know, psychologically. And there's a lot of different ways to go at it. And when you line it up with formats, um, it makes it that much more fun. Um, where it's like, okay, we'll have some sort of country ish sounding voiceover and we'll try to line up the creative that it feels back to more embedded or more native uh, to the platform. But, well, I shouldn't say, but another thing I think that's great about Spotify is, is that there's, you're a lot more nimble, like, um, because the production cost isn't so intense, you know, cause people may not realize this, but for a radio commercial, you can spend tens of thousands of dollars, especially in some of those bigger campaigns. They go well beyond that just on a few spots, much less, you know, um, the buy itself. And so with Spotify, you guys often write the script, right? Mm -hmm. So you could be doing that, you know, every few weeks if you wanted, which allows for a lot more testing. Totally. And that's definitely an optimization we lean into. Um, so we're pretty fluid when it comes to the script, we like to test something, see how it performs. And then that's usually the first place we go when we're looking to tweak performance and see if we can call out a, you know, different amenity or lead with a different approach. Mm -hmm. You mentioned recruiting as, as one that you've seen some success with. I don't know if you can expand on that, but I think uh, a couple of years ago, we, one of our first campaigns, we allowed the PMC, not when I, we said allowed, we just leaned into it, but they were like, how do you feel about so-and-so recording the spot himself? He's got a great voice. We're like, sure, that'd be awesome. And uh, they crushed it. It did really well. Um, so I didn't know if you had any kind of tips or best practices related to recruitment advertising on Spotify. I don't know about recruitment. I haven't personally run any of the campaigns. I haven't either. But that actually does make me think of something else um, in terms of the voices. Mm -hmm. It's proven through Spotify uh, that female voices actually perform better than male voices. Shocker. Which is really interesting, too, because (laughs) you think about the opportunity for testing there as well. Like when we ran our country targeting, what if we had someone with a Southern twang who was the voice actor? Would that have performed any differently? I don't know how well that resonates, but the psychology behind it is really interesting to me. Super interesting. I would speculate that that's true in certain formats more than others. I don't know how in-depth that study was, but it's like generally across the board, females do better like with their voice. Um, but I mean, again, just speculating, yeah. but maybe specific formats. You think about podcasts, you know, is it better uh, to have a male voice? I have no idea, but I just, that that is the fun part of it. It's like the more granular you get, the more interesting it really becomes. So when you compare Spotify to some of the other, I'll say like emerging platforms like TikTok, I, I understood like if they don't have great assets, you probably would lean Spotify over TikTok, but all things being equal, how do you guys think about this versus I'll just say TikTok or like Waze or, you know, um, connected TV, you know, where does it fit in against those? I think it's really unique because of how unsaturated the platform is. Um, I think you have a really cool opportunity to serve a ton of impressions to hit users frequently with your ads. I think our average frequency is usually over one time mm-hmm. per each user per day. Um, so when you're thinking about brand awareness, that's huge. Um, So I think it's a really important strategy in terms of diversifying your media mix. Typically, if we have clients that are running a lot of, you know, creative heavy services, like you have paid search or you have visual elements going on with display and email, Spotify is a good way to mix it up um, to hit users from a different type of format and also to play up on the appeal of what we were talking about in terms of the audio format being a really unique way to intake content. So I think it's a great balance. to, you know, some of those more creative visual services that you already have running. 
uh, another quick gripe, I guess, about, as you're saying, unsaturated and programmatic audio. Uh, I was listening to a series. I think it was like a, a recap of Enron and how, do you guys know Enron? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved the documentary when it came out, but they had like a new, a new like podcast series, 10 episodes on it came out. And as I was listening, I was doing a bunch of yard work. So a lot of chopping trees and moving crap around. And uh, there were 10 episodes and every episode I got hit with the same programmatic ad for progressive car insurance. Mm-hmm. And by like the seventh episode, I was like ready to throw my headphones into the, into the street. I was just like, <laughs> I'm getting hit with the same ad over and over. Please, please give me a new ad. Uh, mm-hmm. So frequency is great, but sometimes uh, you used to yeah. talk, read, reach and frequency. There's, there's a tipping point to where now I just am never going to want to buy progressive app. Yeah, uh, it's more insurance. it's more diminishing returns, less that the consumer is actually not going to buy because they saw too many ads, even though we feel like that. Because yeah. I, I think I had the same progressive ad. <laughs> I was like, I cannot see this one more time. But they are pounding you over the head, so they make sure that recall is there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's more just from a money standpoint. And I think we saw that it's like a 24 um 24 12 to 24 times like in the span of a month mm-hmm. and that sounds like a ton but it's like that's the sweet that's spot fine, yeah so i am curious piggybacking a little bit on david's reach and frequency this is another thing in regular radio that they go out and sell is they'll say here's what the forecasted reach is and here's the forecasted frequency and it's kind of remarkably low i i wouldn't expect you guys to know this but i remember seeing some of the sales reps as they go out with their pitches and be like we will get you you know 225,000 people 1.2 times uh, in over the schedule. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it's great that you have a big number, which was the QM that mm-hmm. you think you can reach, but 1.2 times. Um, whereas today, and in particular, like with a Spotify, I think you can get way more frequency. I don't know that to be true. And I don't know that that comes back in the reporting. Um, but because you are being more prescript- prescriptive um, and because it's more impression-based instead of just, you know, a spot that runs and you don't know, I mean, within a day part, like who you're, who are, who you are aren't hitting that uh, you have a, a much better chance to get higher frequency and still get decent reach through Spotify versus like a traditional radio schedule. Mm-hmm. But I, again, don't know if they incorporate that yet, but that would be another thing for your board, like in feedback. It's like, we'd love to be able to deliver uh, reach and frequency statistics. Um, Cause that's like super exciting. If you're a property, you're like, Oh my gosh, we're going to hit 30,000 people and we're going to get them three times, like in the next two weeks. That's uh, that's pretty compelling. Yeah, frequency is something that we report on now, and it's oh, cool. definitely a cool one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, we import on report on impressions right now, not reach, but we can see reach, so that's definitely something we keep an eye on internally. Yeah, and for frequency, we don't try to go like above like three times, um, you know, just because it does get annoying. Um, and then we do see like even our like low click through rate that we have now goes even lower. Um, so it's just something kind of like to mess around with, you know, if we're maybe underpacing or we want even more reach. But is click through rate really the KPI we should be focused on with programmatic audio? Because to me, it's all about impressions and Mm -hmm. it's about frequency. So I personally would love if you guys went past three, because again, you, you have to hit people over the head. I, David knows this one too. I don't think I've shared this. So David has to hear a lot of my stuff as I do yours uh, multiple times. But uh, there's a really interesting, I think it was, uh, God, what was the name? Um, uh, Frontline, Frontline special that was just talking about branding 
um, at large. This was several years ago. Reed told me this stat like eight years ago for the first time. I've only known him for eight years. So once we get past 10, then I'll yeah, stop Yeah, he shook telling. my hand the first time and he's like, let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> I get to hear about that for another decade. <laughs> and remarkably, I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet, even though we're like 110 in. Um, but that when you, by the time you get up from bed and go to sleep, that you'll be exposed to three to 4,000 different brands. That's nuts, right? And so it includes everything. D- David's got his digital coffee cup, but like that's the amount of brands that we're exposed to. And so how in the world are you supposed to cut through that clutter and with that much volume? And that's where they really just hit frequency, frequency, frequency. Don't feel bad, you know, because believe, I think it's within 72 hours, almost everything that you saw, all those brands are, are distant memory. Yeah. So David can still recall the progressive. I'm just saying like, you know, the ad creative and messages. I mean, if you actually ask somebody about a Super Bowl commercial, like three months after the Super Bowl, it, there's only a few that they'll probably even remember. Mm-hmm. So it just illustrates the point. Yeah. And the, how important frequency is. Um, shoot. I can't believe it. I just feel so. Sp- I'm trying to go off caffeine for the, the next couple of weeks. And it is really messing with me. <laughs> I'm not getting the headaches, but like the clarity of thought is. It's like a fog. I think it's just you've been sitting next to me too much, too long. Yeah, yeah. I fog over. I like sitting next to you. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say it's a nice break in the day. You know, yeah. you forget some stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, shoot. Now I'm going to totally lose it. If it comes back to me, I'll, I'll swing it back around. But uh, I know you guys also prepared some hot takes. Is that right? Yeah, I'd All love right. to get into some hot takes that I well we usually have. wrap up with hot takes so <laughs> okay. before you jump into those i okay. i didn't let you answer on pandora iheart so one of the things most people and at least digital markers understand in this era like how programmatic has changed mm-hmm. like the game and so instead of like buying specific media platforms or publishers like you don't have to buy espn you can buy through exchanges and get exposure on espn but you're no longer buying direct Makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to call up an ESPN and say, Hey, I'd like to get some banner advertising on your website. I'm just going to buy programmatically and it's going to be more audience based and I'll get coverage on that. So with audio, you're kind of doing that through Spotify because of their scale. You're not just like calling one to one. It's like, let me call that. I mean, for the podcast, you might have to, but where I'm going with this is it, there isn't today an exchange that I'm aware of that covers Spotify, iHeart, and Pandora, they still force you to buy direct, which is a little aggravating. But what I do remember a few years ago after we had started, this isn't one that David's heard for eight years, um, the agency is Google was saying, we're betting all in on programmatic audio. And so DV360 was like, we're going to enable effectively that programmatic path so that you can be way more prescriptive, not be held up at a DMA, for example, and do some really sophisticated targeting while still getting that audio out. So I don't know how much you guys have stayed, you know, or are aware of, of kind of how things are shifting around programmatic audio at large. But if you have any comments on iHeart or, you know, Pandora, or if, if you're aware of DV360 programmatic audio solutions, would love to, would love to hear. I was actually just talking to Isabel about this because she had some insights on Pandora. She remembered that Pandora was wildly more expensive than what we're doing now with Spotify. Mm. I think that's an interesting take in terms of the future of just programmatic audio at large. I think that's probably the direction that this space is headed. Um, I'd imagine that they're going to have to head that direction soon in order to 
you know, be able to support the business that they're hoping to drive. But um, I'm not sure the stats in terms of how it relates directly to something like Pandora or iHeart. I don't know your thoughts. No, yeah, I don't. I don't know the stats either, but I do know that I, um, you know, Spotify isn't going away. If any, if anything, it's going to be just in more places. So they're looking to be like on people's watches, like in the car, on kitchen appliances, um, you know, really anywhere you are listening to music, they want to be. Um, so I think that's a really interesting, um, you know, future of audio, uh, like, and advertisements on those as well. Yeah. I don't think iHeart or Pandora's really open themselves up to, I'll call it the SMB market, which, mm-hmm. you know, we would fit within that, like meaning our clients, like those types of budgets, that kind of hyper locality um, is not something that right now I believe Pandora and iHeart are leaning to as much, which kudos to Spotify for making it more reasonable because, you know, our clients aren't going to buy it if it's like it's a $5,000 minimum. Mm-hmm. They just walk away immediately. It's super surprising that they took that as a strategy and chose the long game that they're prepared for. Infinite game. Yeah, yeah, right. Because <laughs> like, uh, if you'll remember, we talked about Hulu at some point recently. And they had pretty large minimums to start. Now they've started to come down. It's interesting. I was just thinking here as you guys were talking about it, like the cyclical nature of of advertising, where in the in the beginning it was like you had to buy Wired.com on its own. Then you have like, you know, the ad networks that come so you can do it programmatically across many. And then as like Facebook starts to come out, it's like, I don't want to use Google's ad networks. So I'm going to build my own. And Amazon builds their own. Spotify builds their own. So it's gone backwards to where now you have to do these direct buys on these networks uh, on their own network if you will and who now you can only imagine someone's going to come through and say well we're going to connect all of these together and that way you can buy and that's why people that's what they want fiona to do right it's like oh can't it just like auto place across all of these channels Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. one source so the cyclical nature of everything is just really interesting it's it's surprising to me i guess now that we're witnessing it it feels so soon like i know we're 20 years in if you will on like digital advertising but it just feels early to already be like to have gone one to another back to where we started again. Yeah, that's crazy. The private marketplace was also mm-hmm. a, kind of a big event that happened in programmatic where you were essentially getting to pull together like the top sites. So like the top two or 3% within an exchange and mm-hmm. say, I'm willing to pay a few more dollars cost per thousand in order to just be on those sites. So all that should be where uh, Spotify and programmatic audio lands. It's just there and it's mostly got to be scale. You know, as much as people are listening to this, it doesn't compare for a second to the billions, if not trillions of impressions that happen on display. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's probably holding up just some of the geo like targeting and, and some other things that have already happened in, in other digital. Well, or maybe platforms. just not like, um, even though they, they focus on a small deal size, maybe Spotify just doesn't care as much to make, to enable it more. Cause it's a lot of infrastructure work for them. Cause as you pointed out, if you have a hundred and whatever, 80 million people or something that were doing the free, the 180 million free uh, plus, like when you listen to music, you don't listen for five minutes a day. It's usually for a prolonged period. So if you're getting it, let's say you listen for an hour, you're getting probably four minutes of ads an hour. So there should be enough like impressions, availability for impressions to hit it. It's more, I guess, if they don't have, if their network of advertisers hasn't built up. So maybe mm-hmm. they have enough, uh, there's enough supply, but not enough demand for yeah. uh, side. For well, the other that. thing that it has going against it and for at the same time is the creative itself. So with display, you know, you can just put an image and, and a couple of words on there and it's like, go ahead, run it, you mm-hmm. know, but Spotify is not going to want that level or, you know, sub sub 
substandard like creative. And that was something we paid a lot of attention to when I was in radio. But even as we started to include like streaming spots, it was like, it's not okay to put crap <laughs> on our program, you know? Um, and so if you think about it, like again, cost, time, effort to pull that together and to have the knowledge, because there are a lot of uh, best practices that going go into building um, smart creative audio. It's not just a good voiceover. So I think all those are again against it and for it because uh, you know if you put if you do it right, you can probably have a lot of success. Mm -hmm. So um, sorry for the detour there. I'll let you guys get back to hot takes. Um, it's one of my favorite segments. They've too. cooled down a little at this point, but you guys can microwave them for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man, yeah, we got to put a book, <laughs> book together like. I remember there was a great one from Trump or not Trump, uh, Bush, uh, junior, you know, um, mm -hmm. it was like one of the best selling books ever. Oh really? Yeah. It was, it was, it was all his, jokes. yeah. It was, it was mixture of bad jokes and him like <laughs> butchering like phrases, you know, a little, yeah. a little lurch, yeah. lurch factor yeah. Biff from, uh, yeah. back to the future. Yeah, screen doors on a submarine yeah, David, or battleship. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's coming, you know, we'll, we'll put a book together. Yeah. All David's dad jokes. Oh man. Okay. Let's think. I think this is, I don't even know if this is a hot take, but I mean, just podcast advertising is going to take over. Um, I think that they have um, like Spotify is just going to become a lot more interactive uh, with the different um, hosts. And like, I've heard they're doing like Q and A's and like polls and um, you can now do like Spotify live um, podcast videos. Like these are all just, different opportunities to insert an ad. And um, I think that'll be really interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of cool opportunities they're teasing with what we could do with podcast advertising on Spotify. They've talked about this concept of CTA cards, which are essentially Spotify's take on conversion based strategies within mm -hmm. their platform. So instead of just having, you know, a voiceover and then the creative itself that takes you out of the platform to the website. It's more similar to a canvas ad on Facebook. So it would allow you to view the website within the Spotify platform. You don't have to leave the app. And then it would later reserve you that same ad as you're looking at similar content. So let's say I'm listening to a podcast, The Skim, and an ad is served. Later, as I'm looking at more episodes of The Skim, that same advertisement would serve on the bottom of my screen. So it's essentially retargeting you with the same ad, providing you more opportunities to engage with it and offering an opportunity for you to click and eventually convert through the Spotify platform itself. So I think that that's definitely the direction they have to go. I mm -hmm. think the, the reporting right now is a bit limited on what you can see. Yeah. We can't see anything on clicks right now for podcasts. So I think podcasts is where it's going to be, but I also think Spotify has to really keep up with what advertisers need in order to see ROI. Yeah, we need that pixel <laughs> to really track everything, but um, hopefully that's coming down the line soon. Well, one of the questions you guys might not be, be able to answer on this hot, that hot take, Kara, is are there more impressions already in podcasts than there are, which I doubt it, but when you say you think podcasting, like inventory will take over, mm -hmm. um, how much of that is just the numbers versus like... Um, I guess, advertiser demand, meaning there's going to be such a strong preference because there's such a better ROI on podcasts that the dollars are going to go there. Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be more based on just consumption? So many more people now are listening to podcasts and there's more inventory there because it's longer form, for example, than short form, short form um, 
you know, genre like playlists or something like country. So I think the second option, I think just the amount of people listening and the amount of time that they're listening to podcasts is just growing exponentially. Um, I don't know. What do you but think? You guys don't see the avails like you and I are accustomed to that, but you're not actually seeing how much inventory is available for, let's say that country format in Nashville. So that's super common in programmatic display. Again, they'll actually forecast. That's what the ad servers do. And they'll be like, there's that much inventory available. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be fascinating to know, like between podcasts and general, like uh, whatever music, mm-hmm. what is the, what's the discrepancy right now? Yeah, that is a great question. Oh. And I do not know, but I can try to look it up after you're this. on the board. So yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna expect a lot more from you guys on this. I'm gonna see if I can get this uh, right because I I had done some homework on podcasts and why they hadn't like we um, for those that have listened to us for a while know that there's not great analytics like on like we don't it's hard for us to know how many listeners and uh, so I went in and tried to research some of the uh, how podcast started and you had at the beginning um, folks were like okay well there's probably this thing for this audio format this like the year 2000. Um, but, um, to get them on the, it wasn't like the iPod wasn't even out when they, when people first started like trying to, uh, push audio. And so to get it on, I think it was called like Riverside or something was like one of the original devices. They had their own proprietary like way of getting it. Then, uh, at some point Apple was like, Oh, we should, we should do something with this. And so Apple picked up RSS, which is what was used for blogs. So it's like, okay, all these people already are using blog blog reader software. And so we'll just use that piggyback on the same format because it's an open standard that now we can collaborate on. So then RSS takes off because Apple with the iPod helps push podcasts out. But then RSS, because it's an open standard, it so Apple chose it because a lot of places would use it. So that means pot, they could get distribution on, on podcasts well at first. But once you get all this distribution, that network helped you get there. And then all of a sudden you need a board to say, okay, what features are we going to add to RSS next? And so you get all these, the sound board together that help vote on the next features that come out. But at some point you get so big where you have all of these different players, you have Apple and Microsoft and Spotify or whoever, all using RSS and all of them have like an axe to grind. And so basically what was this open standard to help you proliferate and get scale faster actually m- makes you slower because you can't innovate because nobody will agree. You can't get 100% you know, agreement on like, let's release video as part of RSS, for example. So Spotify has started to develop their own like competitor, if you will, to RSS so that they could start to push audio and video together as well as send better analytics and all this stuff to, to make up for where RSS broke so it's the whole conversation we had earlier about cyclical nature where you start independent then you go open then you go back to independent again and that's where spotify is going but the question will become like does then spotify support both like rss as well as their custom format because as a well let's call ourselves creators we don't want to have to like deploy two feeds and manage two feeds it's already that's a lot of work right so we just want to deploy one but I can't imagine us saying, yeah, oh, we're going to be only Spotify is where you can find us. We'd rather be open to everywhere, right? So that means everywhere either has to pick up uh, the new Spotify standard or Spotify has to keep both. Otherwise, you end up with some podcasts, like I'll say Rogan, like you mentioned earlier, Reed, where it's like only Spotify, that's all you can get. That's the only place you can get it. And he was one of the first they went forward with because he had to mat. He wanted to do video and audio and he wanted to quickly sync it together so you could switch between audio and video like 
on a moment's notice without having to use the total bandwidth to do video the whole time. So my point with this is it's the cyclical thing. It's also like, I wonder where Spotify will go to your guys' point. It seems like they're super committed to, to podcast and making that a thing, but then that is the rest of the industry going to follow them on their new format. And I feel like if you're another player like pocket casts or uh, overwatch or something, you're probably not, it's too much platform risk to probably move over to the Spotify format. Cause what if they do something that they cut you off? You've moved to this new format. They cut you off and they only it's Spotify only. So anyways, I don't have a real answer there. I was just giving some background and how, like, I wonder how they'll manage through it. Carol, will you recap that thread? <laughs> um, yes, I will definitely do that. I was taking so many notes. <laughs> I got it all up here as well. I yeah. didn't get a chance to ask you guys about transcriptions. So you see that more and more now, like in in video, um, and not just in the content, but also in the in the ads themselves. But is that something that Spotify enables? Because as you talk about serving video and display, obviously you're looking down. And so I didn't know if that was a part of their platform or part of their roadmap. So I read something about the fact that they don't think, well, I, like, obviously I think they'll have it available, but they don't think that you will really need it because it is so, or it's already audio and then it's also visual. So you wouldn't, it would kind of almost like take away from the ad if you had what it said, like in the creative as well. Mm. Um, I just like briefly read that, but David, do you know on the SEO front if, um, because it's paid, it, it still seems like you think about how the web works, you know, it's still picking up those signals where it's like, you know, somebody just watching this piece of content and then this brand was mentioned. So I just didn't know. I, I know it's not one of the more powerful SEO signals, but obviously that was a big part of like, you got to have tra- your stuff transcribed mm-hmm. on video. Yeah. On Google play, like that's one reason back to my RSS thing, <clears throat> you want to syndicate on RSS because Google Play will pick it up and Google Play will transcribe it sort of with the automated transcription that they use for YouTube already. So even if you don't, like we don't provide, we provide show notes for our podcast, but we don't do a full transcription, but it's okay because now we syndicate to Google, they're doing it on their side, a full transcription to then analyze so that it may come up in search results for people. Um, but it's still what Google says is like, look, if you want it to read exactly or to search exactly right, then you would want to do your own show notes. And then you'd want to have metadata within your own transcription versus letting them auto do it. Um, so all to say is like, there is a point to still doing transcription, but Google is trying to make up for that now by doing, by using their automation. Mm. I'm going to connect this a little bit to your uh, syndication thread, mm. um, <laughs> which is uh, my hot take even though you didn't ask, you know, I'm going to give it to you anyways, is that you're going to see convergence and hopefully standardization of traditional media buying and digital uh, media buying, which I'm not the first to say that. And there's been a lot of effort with the MCC, the um, whatever council, something. (laughs) Um, But if I'm buying radio schedule, shouldn't I be able to easily augment that with a Spotify buy and do it, you know, using the same kind of metrics. So you guys may or may not know, but in radio currency, as they call it, is cost per point. So when a radio rep builds a, sp- a schedule, it's based on cost per point. And the better you do there, the more likely you are to win. And so they manipulate a lot of different schedules and, and formats within a radio cluster to try and come together with the best cost per point. Then in TV, you have grips, gross rating points, and that's how they buy schedules in TV. Um, it's frustrating enough for buyers that they don't have commonality between those two broadcast mediums, but then enter in digital. 
and it becomes even more difficult. And so uh, as I'll say Spotify catches up and allows people to buy more on frequency and reach, that should enable them to then actually just be either maybe the focal point or augment a traditional radio like buy. And that will be an inflection point for sure within like media buying in general. And the the challenge getting back to the syndication feed and the openness is, and David talks a lot uh, about mods recently, people that listen, hopefully are starting to get that acronym. Um, go ahead. Tell us what it means. Multifamily open data. Yeah. You'll be hearing more, a lot more about that. Uh, I think over the next few months, if not a few years, but how do we standardize things to make the industry better? And that's what's still missing in a big way with programmatic audio and programmatic video. So my hot take is we're going to see that convergence here. Um, if it never happened in radio and TV, why would it happen now with digital? Oh, because we're here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least multifamily. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I still believe it's it's imminent. It's just there's going to be so much pressure. You know, the more that those numbers shift towards those digital platforms, the more people are going to be uh, less and less patient. And when those buys start to evaporate, then and hopefully it's not too late. Uh, not that I'm rooting for broadcast, but they'll see that they they have to they have to provide some level of. It'll probably turn out where uh, how people were saying like when Google first when Ad uh, AdWords first hit or whatever like. Uh, 20 years ago that it was like, you wouldn't believe the return on investment you could get. I bet it's back to that cyclical thing yeah. where it's like everyone leaves broadcast. All of a sudden broadcast becomes a phenomenal buy. Yeah. It's like, you wouldn't believe like the return yeah. I get on this yeah. radio. It's no longer TV. so diluted. Yeah. 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 All, right, All right. Well, you guys got anything else for us before we, we wrap up on Spotify? I was going to ask you guys what your favorite podcasts are. Oh God. It's I, well, go ahead. <laughs> One of my favorite is Acquired. Uh, it's a podcast about just, uh, well, technology companies and the people that uh, made them. But a lot, they started their podcast where they were just covering like companies that got uh, built and bought. But then they've moved into telling stories about just great companies. Um, and they do a really good job. They're super in-depth episodes, though. Like I'm listening to one on Walmart with them right now. And it's like... Uh, I think it's like four hours or something on like the history of Walmart. So that those, that's the kind of episodes they do, but it, it's almost, it's the equivalent of getting an audio book uh, in research. They'll usually read two or three books and then they'll talk about whatever the founding of Walmart, but at least you're getting two people that walk through it together. And sometimes that makes it easier to get through four hours versus four hours of an audio book can take some time just because you're listening to the same person over and over. So um, I find that one pretty solid. Well, I'm incredibly disappointed in you. <laughs> Okay. Which one are, which one did I miss? The dudes. The dudes. I have not I don't know if I've ever listened to an episode. Oh. You should be a super fan. Um I don't have a favorite podcast, so I I'm actually gonna disappoint you, Grace, let you yeah. down here. I'm way more about the audiobooks. So um okay. I don't know how many I've listened to already this year, but I love the longer form. Not that there mm -hmm. aren't, because David could probably give me ten more. Um but uh yeah, I, I periodically will catch a podcast and a lot of times it's like a referral from like if I'm listening to NPR or something and it's like, oh, you should check this out and some of the stuff David mentions. But um, yeah, I'm still not by any stretch a, a podcaster. Like I'm a podcaster. I'm not a podcast listener. <laughs> Except for, of course, the dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so, think it's all about audiobooks. I treat me. I treat podcasts as that background filler music. So it's like I always am listening to one when I'm 
puttering around the house. But then with audiobooks, I want to be way more locked in. Mm-hmm. So I'll only do those if I'm like, if, like if I have 15 minutes, I'll listen to part of a podcast. But if I if I have an hour, I might like li- listen to an audiobook. So like, um, shoot, what was the Jim Collins one that we were just doing? How the Mighty Fall. Like mm-hmm. that, I was doing mm-hmm. How the Mighty Fall because I was, had all this um well, all this driving I was doing this weekend. And so with that, I was like, okay, I got a couple hours. I'll listen to that. Yeah. When I'm researching stuff, that's also when I get taken to a podcast. And I don't mind in that case if I listen to 10, 15 minutes. But typically that bothers me. I don't actually, I take the opposite approach. Mm. Um, because I'm like, well, I'm never going to come back to that podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like there's going to be another one next week. And so yeah. if I listen to 10, 15 minutes, I'm probably only getting a little bit of value there. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going right. to get distracted with all all sorts of other stuff. Whereas an audio book that is four to six hours, it's like I can stop. I'll be back. Stop. Be back. Or I can listen to it for two hours straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you guys? Kara? I'm big into like true crime and comedy. It's like I go back and forth. Like Dateline, NBC with Lester Holt. <laughs> I'm Lester Holt. <laughs> like, he's so great. Well, that was a nice impersonation. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and then, like, comedy podcasts. I listen to, like, the Always Sunny podcast. I'm actually going to Philly in September no way. to go see them live. Oh, wow. that's, that's awesome. Fun. Yeah. Very cool. How about you, Grace? I like a spread. Um, mm-hmm. So I like anything Brene Brown does. She's got a couple versions that are pretty good. Dare to Lead, Unlocking Us. Adam Grant has a good one called mm-hmm. Work Life. Um, he did a good one on a four-day work week, actually. Really? Um, yeah, a while ago. It That's was back sorry. in you should send me that one. 2020. Yeah, I will. Um, and then I like comedy, too. I like Smart List with Jason mm-hmm. Bateman. We were talking about that, Yeah, Kara. that's a good one. Um, and then Seek Treatment. It's good. You guys would hate it. Don't, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I love it. I listen to podcasts all the time. My Morning Commute, it's the same Wall Street Journal podcast. So do you also fit in time then for audiobooks or are you strictly a, a podcast listener? I'm, I'm a podcast girl. Yeah. I'm not against audiobooks. I just haven't given them a fair try. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love my podcast. It took me, I don't know if it was a lot. It just, I guess the time crunch. Uh, but I started audiobooks more or less when we started Digital, And it was because, of course, this guy. Um, but now I can't get away from him. And I'm moving so much faster. It still frustrates me that I can't like, and he and I talk about that. We can't highlight or share quickly or easily like things, excerpts that we want to talk about. But we do a good enough job with just our memories, I think, coming in the next day and like talking shop about it. But uh, you mentioned Adam Grant. Funny fact, you, okay, you do know where I'm going with yeah. this? Yeah. It, I thought he was talking about Jim Collins. I, I, was, I was sure. I was, was trying to guess. Collins. I mean, on purpose, he was not saying it in I know. that chapter. It really annoyed me. But finally I actually he... thought it was Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Simon yeah. Sinek, the book we're reading right now slash listening to is Infinite Game. And he mentions uh, rivals, worthy rivals, and how they can be a great thing. Um, and he goes on and on about this guy you know, that he doesn't name um, who really he was measuring himself against how many, you know, book sales did he have how many shows you know was he was he on um you know blah 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 and goes on to say i was really intimidated by this guy and then finally had to share the stage with him and uh it was adam grant and he's like and now you know i no longer see him as like this big rival and i'm that was a very finite way for me to thinking about it um You'll always have rivals. You just hope that they're worthy and that you choose the right ones to kind of measure yourself up against. And so now they're like great friends and um, always just kind of rooting each other on and encouraging them. So I haven't gotten into much on the Adam Grant front, but now because of this book, I'm probably going to, you know, delve into Adam Grant a little bit further. Yeah. 
I, I liked uh, his point in the book because he was hitting um, – uh, most people think it is win or loss. And so he was thinking it was if, if Adam Grant was doing well that Simon Sinek wasn't doing well. That's why he was seeing that he thought it was like his chief competition. It wasn't until after they had that conference together. He was like, oh, shoot, it was actually a worthy rival, and rivals should help push you to be better, not something else. And so he – I think he even uh, – maybe he didn't mention it, but I was thinking about sports uh, rivalries where it's like they, they push – that other person helps get the best out of them. Not like, yeah, he did. He talked about Navratilova and Chris Everett. Uh, I didn't know who those people were. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, just that they did just that. I think, um, the other part of the, the rival thing that he brought up that I'm already spacing on. Good night. Oh God. What was it that was interesting to me? I don't know. We're wrapping up. Yeah, it's gone. (laughs) Not going to like, we used to kind of time, how, how long it would be before I yeah, recapture it. But yeah, I do like a four count and then move on. Yeah. 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 But your past four count. Yeah. So <laughs> right. mine never came back from earlier anyway. So, yeah. well, Kara, thank you. Yeah. This yeah, wasn't zero. so bad. No, not bad at all. So grace. I had fun. Well done. You're not, a seasoned not as pro. Good as the goats, so, but yeah. Yeah. I think I'd like to talk about them as well. Let's <laughs> Spotify. It's fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks. And we look forward to having you back sometime, but appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys.